Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to the first FT Money Show of 2009. In today's programme, the lowest interest rates in history. But will it mean your mortgage gets any cheaper? More savings rates are cut or withdrawn, so where can you get a decent income on your cash? And as high street retailers disappear, is it more bad news for stock market and commercial property investors? I'm Matthew Vincent, and I'll be giving you the lowdown on all of these money matters in downloadable form with the help of my colleagues from FT Money, Charlene Goff. Hello. Steve Lodge. Hello. Elaine Moore. Hello. And this week's special guest, David Black, Principal Banking Consultant at DeFacto. Good afternoon. Hello to you all. So let's start then with the money news. On Thursday, the Bank of England cut the base rate by another half a percentage point to just 1.5%, the lowest rate in its 315-year history. It's the sixth time that rates have come down since they stood at 5.5% last year. So the big question is, are mortgages now going to become as cheap as they were in 1694, assuming it was possible to get a mortgage back then? Well, not necessarily, as after the last rate cut in December, only 19 lenders passed on the cut in full, and five lenders left their standard variable rates unchanged at 6% or more. Um, So, Charlene, which lenders have been the quickest to react and cut their rates in line? Well, we have seen a number of lenders move very quickly, almost immediately after the rate cut was announced, which signals that it was what they were expecting. We've seen Lloyd's reduce its standard variable rate by the full half a percent. Nationwide and HSBC have done the same. Uh, Halifax has so far just said its SVR is under review, so it signals that there is a change coming but it hasn't happened quite yet and david uh, do you expect to see the majority of lenders pass this cut on in full more than passed on the last cut in december it's a mixed bag really because some lenders last time round did give the full one percent there are a handful such as gmac norwich and peterborough that haven't yet moved at all on that one so th- there's also historically big gap between the highest and the lowest SVRs. I think the lowest I saw prior to this cut was direct line, I think, at 3.5%. And as Charlene said, there are some that's still over 6%. So just because you've got an SVR doesn't mean to say you're going to get a good deal when the base rate is cut. With some you will, with others you might not. And what about if you've got um, an existing tracker rate mortgage? Uh, We had Nationwide come out last week saying that it wouldn't let its rates track down any further than they are at present. Do you expect that's going to happen with more lenders? 
Probably not, because what, what, I, what I think we will see is the margins being increased on trackers, and to some extent that will negate the problem. Where the lenders may have an issue is with their existing borrowers on trackers, and some of them do already have flaws on. And Charlene, you've got a, a new tracker mortgage now. Your rate is coming down, isn't it, by the full half percent? Yeah, I think so. I hope so. I took out a tracker sort of before the issue with collars really appeared, so I'm just 0.79 above base, so very, very cheap mortgage rates, which is great. I think I'm with HSBC. I think they do have some kind of flaw but they're not enforcing it at the moment but as David said there is a big difference now between new borrowers existing borrowers whether new rates come down by the full amount we'll have to wait and see and this issue for new borrowers I suppose is not so much to do with interest rates but the availability of credit the availability of mortgages Um, David do you expect to see lenders continuing to um, price for risk if you like and, uh, and be very cautious in their approach Very much so. To get the best rates, you can't be borrowing more than 60% of the house value. As your requirements increase above that 60% level, so does the relative cost. The lenders generally are not chasing volume like they were two, three years ago. They're after quality. Charlene, it's early days in terms of fixed rates. What can we expect to see over the next few weeks and months? Well, I think we have seen a couple of lenders bring their fixes down a little this week, but they are still relatively expensive. I think the cheapest ones are around 4% now. Some new rates are still closer to 5%, which compared with the base rate now at 1.5 looks pretty expensive. It will depend on what happens with the swap rates, and we tend to see... Uh, lenders delay their decision on fixed rates a bit more, so it might take a few weeks. But I think we will start to see them ease. But again, it will be just for the borrowers who have the best credit records and the biggest deposits. And finally, let's just have our customary FT Money show Glotathon. I'm now paying 3.5% on my mortgage. Charlene, you're on... 2.29. Oh, much better. And Steve? Minus 6%. No, I tell a lie, 1.5% now. 1.5%. But David, you, yours is even less than that. Well, thankfully, mine's history now, so... You've paid yours off. Very wise indeed. Uh, Well, thanks to all of you for that. And for the very latest on tracker, fixed and standard variable rates, look out for our interest rate special in this weekend's FT Money. You can also read David's online question and answer session on interest rates, which is at ft.com forward slash black. And you can send in further questions for us to answer by emailing us at our new address, money at ft.com. Still to come, retail shares, but first, savings rates. While mortgage lenders have been reluctant to pass on rate cuts in full, 77% of savings account providers have announced cuts in their rates in the past month, with the majority passing on last month's 1% base rate cut in full. So the average savings rate on a no-notice account now stands at around 1.48%, with 38% of all of these accounts paying a rate of 1% or less on balances of £5,000. So, Elaine, if I want 5%, or say I need 5% on my savings for income, how do I get that now? I'm afraid to say that you will have great difficulty getting that now if you need it. Today we lost the last 
remaining account that was offering above 5% at a fixed rate. That was from ICICI, which has now pulled it down to 4.65%. So the only way with a savings account that you can get above 5% is if you have £10,000 or more and you go to Close Brothers and they're offering 5%. And that offer is still available even after the rate cuts? It's still available as we're recording, but the savings providers are pulling things very quickly after the base rate cuts. They have said that it will close on or before next Tuesday. So you want to get your skates on in that case? Be quick, yes. So the 13th of January, or or sooner, if you want to get that elusive uh, 5%. I suppose there are ways to get an effective rate that's, well, almost as high through perhaps regular savings. Are are those accounts still available? Regular savings accounts of around 6% are still available. You can get that from Principality, but obviously they have a cap on how much money you can put in every month. Principality cap it at £500. So you won't get that 6% on the entirety of your money. You'll get it as you drip the money in. And this, of course, makes keeping your savings tax-free much, much more important because it's going to make a huge difference to to what you can receive. But I imagine cash ISA rates are also looking pretty poor. Is that right, David? Like all, they're coming down and you've really got to hunt around to get the best deals. The best one that we know about is 4% from Manchester Building Society and that's expected to come down quite quickly. If you've got a First Direct First account, which is their current account, they offer a regular savings ISA fixed at 7% for a year. But as was said earlier, you can only put in a certain amount each month. Of course, and your ISA savings would be capped at that particular level. Steve, I suppose some listeners may be in the position where they can register to receive interest tax-free directly from their bank or building society without having to use an ISA. Yes, Matthew, many don't. Many pensioners who uh, have been complaining about falling interest rates are the same people who possibly aren't aware that they can register, as you rightly say, for tax-free interest if their total taxable income is below their personal allowance level. Now, that's about £9,000 now. It's also possible for, stereotypically, housewives of the wealthy who have low incomes, whose total taxable incomes are under the, um, their personal allowance of about £6,000. It's, it's as simple as filling in an R85 form, but it's not automatic. So you do have to go to each particular bank or building society, fill in that form to get your tax-free interest. Otherwise, you're hit with the 20% deduction automatically. And, uh, Charlene, we've heard noises from the government and proposals from the opposition to try to help people, especially pensioners, get a decent income on their savings. What are these proposals about? Well, I think they are realising that for many interest rates as low as they are are really battering their savings income. And like you say, particularly pensioners are very reliant on this. What the Tories have said revolves around reducing the tax burden for savers. So they said they'll abolish the basic rate tax and they said they will widen the tax-free band, the the maximum income you can draw tax-free when you're age 65 or above. So far, the government hasn't laid anything out of what it will do, but it has said it won't follow the same route as the Tories. What the government is thinking about revolves around ISAs and making ISAs more attractive. It hasn't really given any details of how it might do that, but with interest rates so low, the benefit of these kind of plans isn't huge. You would need an extremely large savings balance for the 20% tax rate cut to have any real benefit. I mean, I think it's worth mentioning as well, in this era of low interest rates, many financial advisors are talking about the merits of corporate bond funds, where yields 
albeit that capital isn't secure, but yields are six, seven and plus percent. Similarly, for people who are more positive, optimistic about the stock market's recovery, there are equity income funds where, and of course, shares are, many, many shares are now yielding very high dividend uh, incomes. But just very quickly, for those savers who don't want to take the risk associated with shares or going into corporate bonds, um, Elaine, what's your advice? Is it just move as fast as you can to lock into these rates? The first piece of advice is to go and have a look at your savings rates because I think a lot of people will be in for a nasty surprise. The banks have been very quietly whittling away some of the longer-term savings accounts rates that are payable. So once you've had a look, the advice is to go into a fixed account as soon as you can because the banks and building societies are cutting their rates very quickly following base rate cuts announcements at the moment. So get in now. One thing that follows on for that, if you've had the same variable rate savings account for any length of time, the chances are it's not going to be as competitive as you could get elsewhere. And one other point that higher rate taxpayers, particularly who have a mortgage, might like to consider is look at offset mortgages because they pay effectively a tax-free return at the same rate as you're paying on the mortgage. Thanks, David. And uh, for the latest on savings rates, look out for Elaine's feature in FT Money this weekend or go online and visit ft.com forward slash black for David's online question and answer session or ft.com forward slash money to compare the best deals. And finally, high street retailers. As the economic downturn worsens, more household names are literally shutting up shop. The final branches of Woolworths closed this week and a number of companies have fallen into administration. Waterford, Wedgwood and Viella are the latest, following, among others, Zavi, the music retailer, and Adams, the children's clothing chain. So does this mean that the FTSE general retailers sector is about to become as much of a wasteland for investors? Charlene, you've been doing some virtual window shopping for investments this week. Are retailers the stocks to avoid? Well, they are a bit of a risky bet at the moment. We saw very weak Christmas sales really across the board and I'm sure all our listeners will know that there was very heavy discounting in the run-up to Christmas as retailers tried desperately to bring shoppers in so their profit margins have been hit. The whole sector is having a very difficult time, but among them, there are some companies that are doing a bit better. And I think the real message coming from analysts is to go for the companies that have a value message. And are there any particular examples of retailers that have been able to buck the trend with a value offering? Well, in terms of food retailers, for example, Sainsbury's has done much better than its more upmarket rivals such as Waitrose and the food department in M&S. Also, with the clothing retailers, we had statements from Next and New Look, which weren't as bad as expected. I think New, New Look actually managed to increase sales, and they're obviously on the more budget side. So contrarian investors might say, well, the sector's looking pretty bombed out, but there are a few value opportunities. Now's the time to go back in. Is it a question of timing and just waiting for all of this bad news to come out? I think the message for investors who are seeking opportunities in this sector is to go for businesses that have planned well for the downturn and also those who are taking preemptive actions such as M&S has cut a number of jobs, it's getting itself slimmer, ready to weather the downturn. And of course the other element of the retail downturn is what it's doing to commercial property investors with 
I think almost one in ten shops yeah. forecast to be vacant by the end of February. This presumably is bad news for commercial property funds. Well, it is, although I think many funds have been moving away from retail in recent months. I think at the moment we're seeing vacancy rates of about 7% moving to 10% next month and up to 15% by the end of the year. So we're looking at quite a rapid demise. In terms of which area, I think smaller market towns could be hit worse than big London sort of areas. So if you're looking at funds with some retail exposure, those are the ones to avoid. Yes, in fact, I read that uh, Fidelity is claiming the next 18 months will offer the best opportunity to acquire commercial real estate in a generation. But I think I will wait for, yeah. well, not quite 18 months, but certainly a long time. Thanks very much for that, um, Charlene. And for more on the opportunities amid uh, the gloom, look out for Charlene's article in FT Money this weekend. But that's all we've got time for this week. Uh, do remember that you can email your views and your questions to our new address, money at ft.com. And you can also now read the latest news every weekday on our website, ft.com forward slash money. We'll be back next week with another financial lowdown in downloadable form. But until then, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from Elaine, Steve, Charlene and our special guest, David Black of DeFacto. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye-bye. 